0: Not only have we finally made it out of 2020 and into 2021, friends, but the Washington football team, against all odds at one and five and two and seven this season, won the f- NFC East division title. Holy sh. Look, however you want to feel about it, this team who faced offseason scrutiny in the front office, whose head coach conquered cancer, whose quarterback returned two years after gruesome injury that nearly cost him his life, sweat the Cowboys, sweat the Eagles, upset the Steelers, and are now division champs. So today, we are all burgundy and gold on District of Chip and Friends. A quick shout out to the Wizards who upset the Nets Sunday night. Hope to talk more about them in later podcasts, but for now... The Washington football team had our curiosity, and now they have all of my attention. Matthew Paris of the Washington Times was in Philly for the Sunday Night Chaos. He joins the pod. Before I forget, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts so you can get notified when each episode drops. Any ratings and comments are also appreciated. I'm Chip Rear, host of the DCAF pod. Let's do this. So a day has passed since the Washington football team clinched the NFC East division title. Man, it still feels so good. It's weird to think at one point, Matt, they were one in five, they were two in seven, and yet Ron Rivera doubled down that we're going for the NFC East division title. Goddamn, he pulled it off, bro. He pulled it off. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
1: it was a little bit crazy at a time, you know, thinking of, when he benched Dwayne Haskins, it was just, it was confusing, not so much for the way that Join Haskins had played, because I think that the benching was kind of warranted there, but it was, you know, Ron Rivera had said from the very beginning that this was going to be a year of a feeling out year of just letting, you know, letting to see what happens and letting the pieces kind of grow. and, And he used the word growing pains a lot, but, you know, I mean, I get his explanation. He said that, um, no one ran away with the division, so they might as well try. And look, uh, can can you really blame them for that? You know, not most at all. Take most fans will take the playoff berth, and they've been in a good position. And I think the most impressive thing about this is they've still had that development from those young players. Yes, that would ideally mm-hmm. like to see. You know, obviously, join Haskins didn't work out, but everyone besides him mm-hmm. has really taken a step
0: forward by the end of the season. So. Yeah, I mean, going down the board, like, all of those players. Chase Young is, like, forefront, obviously, because he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point, especially since he got the Fulber recovery again. You got Cameron Curl, seventh round. He's been amazing. Antonio Gibson, third-round pick as a rookie, been incredible. Uh, Terry McLaurin coming out of his rookie year has been fantastic, and they've grown every single game. It's been – I. Working for the team as a freelancer, like, you kind of get ins and outs of what's going on. You've been covering the team and all that. But you really, like, it just feels different than I, than this team has been in years past. We've covered it for so long. The aspirin effect is what we like to get. Like, don't drink the Kool-Aid too much. But, to, like, it's so hard not to right now, considering, like, what's gone on and how they have finished out the season. What is it? Five and two? Five and three? I think it's five mm-hmm. and two they finished after starting two and seven. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I was thinking about this this after the win is, you know, they finished 7 and 9 and uh, this is my fourth season on the B and they finished 7 and 9 I think in two of the seasons that yeah. I covered under under Gruden and so uh you know, but it just feels so dramatically different now. Obviously there's the playoffs, but just the, uh, of what they're building. Obviously, you know, you just look at the foundation. Jay Gruden's teams are much more offensive leaning. I don't think that Washington has anything close to the level of talent that Washington had in 2015 when they last made the playoffs. You know, Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon, Jordan Reed were all great players. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Terry McLaurin, is he the best player out of any of those
0: guys? I mean, he might be headed that way. Yeah, it's an argument definitely to be had in the offseason as we move forward, especially when – Washington gets that chance to use their draft pick in um, the NFL draft, which is going to be really interesting. I mean, obviously we think it's going to be a quarterback, but who knows? They may have trust in Alex. they try and to bring in a free agent. There could go so many different ways, and we'll get to that at some point once this postseason run is over. But first and foremost, Matthew Paris, of the Washington Times covering the Washington football team, beat primarily. He's also uh, doubles as Washington Wizards, Washington Nationals. You name it, he covers it. But you were in Philadelphia. The first text I got – Sunday morning from you, wearing the turtleneck. Damn it, you rocked that turtleneck. I saw it on the post game show. But the bigger question is what the f happened to that Philly game, man? That was just insane in the fourth quarter. I'm sitting here at home just scratching my head, making all the dumb faces. It's like what Doug Peterson is thinking. You were there in person. Can you walk me through the roller coaster of emotions you and the beat were feeling? As Jalen Hurts comes out after that first drive in the fourth quarter, Washington's trying to give the game back to the Eagles, and yet some way, somehow, the Eagles eagle. Uh,
1: I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, there had been some rumors, obviously, that uh, the Eagles could could sit him for Nate Sudfeld. But, you know, you're watching it unfold. They jump out to the 10-0 lead, which in itself would be – the, the number one story, you know, that, that's like, what, the fifth most interesting thing that happened. <laughs> but, you know, they haven't, they haven't started fast all year. They finally do. And of course they blow it. It just, it felt like such a Washington game. Like what we're talking about the Ashburn stuff. It, it felt like a, a reversion to that, but I mean, it just, you know, the, there are so many instances uh, where games could have gone a, a different way. You know, there, there are missed, Matt Prater kick and and a successful two point attempt from being nine and seven on the year, and there a Joe Burrow injury and maybe some other shit to being like five and eleven. Just the margin of error is just so thin. Uh, so, yeah. you know, like with with this game, it's like it's really just whatever in terms of how it actually uh, phased out. You know, if I was a Giants fan, I'd be pissed. But I mean, yeah. can't
0: really. Dude, the shade that's been thrown around between the Eagles and the Giants has been chef's kiss. It's been perfection. Eli tweeting, this is why we don't like the Eagles. With Fletcher Cox following up, we don't like you either. (laughs) This is perfect saltiness. And God, I hope it's the first game of the season in 2021. I truly do. Put it on prime time. I want to see them take heads off. That would be fantastic. But I'm most shocked by the fact that Washington saw that. Chase Young said, new meat for number seven. They're going after it. Montez Sweat, no comment. They, they had a sense, like you mentioned, the rumors all this could be happening. And yet still, I, I left that game feeling good that they had won the NFC East Division title, but bittersweet is probably the best feeling. Like, that was not a good look to finish if you're going to go and host the Bucks in a wild card round, and they are hot. Tom Brady put together the best first half of football in his illustrious greatest of all time career and then comes out again and plays another stellar performance he is as hot as they come i don't know how i feel right now like i'm great i'm grateful they're going to the playoffs but i don't really feel good about this matchup in
1: particular right i mean well the the, the most concerning thing is obviously alex Smith's health i mean whether that calf is he just looked he looked like yeah. he did in week one – not week one, whenever his first game was, week five. I
0: think the stat they had in the game was he was letting it go 2.7 seconds after the ball was snapped. Anything after that was an incompletion, which is – that's not going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just firing all sorts of checkdowns. And we've seen Alex Smith obviously take a bunch of checkdowns throughout his career, but it's just the mobility wasn't there. He never really looked fully comfortable. Mm-mm. And that's what you most worry about because you look at this Tampa Bay – Defensive line, uh, Shaq Barrett is a really good pass rusher. They have in Dominic and Sue. We, we've seen Smith like uh, struggle with that type of um, awesome pass rush, and so you know, no, that is uh, obviously the most concerning thing. And then we can talk about the defense. I thought they played fine. You know, the, the, I, I did too. Yeah. If you're the most, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna find a silver lining for this Philadelphia game to be encouraged, it was that. The defense saved the game with with that uh, you know the turnovers on downs near the end zone after yeah that fourth and hit. goal and Washington has relied on their defense so much this year that they could do so again in such a big moment, I think is actually encouraging for a playoff game.
0: Definitely. Look, Tom Brady is not going to face a front seven like this all year long. This is going to be the first time he's going to have these guys who were just after it. They didn't play the Pittsburgh Steelers who led the league in sacks, Washington in the top three. I don't think they played a team this year, maybe one that was in the top 10. So this is going to be the most pressure that Tom Brady is going to face. And we'll get to that. I want to try and stay in somewhat on track. Sure. But I think what a lot of people are gonna be super salty about are those AFC East teams that are ten and six or those NFC teams that are eight and eight that 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 get cut, like the Cardinals that Washington lost to. This is the graphic that I saw on social media that I just could not stop laughing from for about five minutes. Chiefs 14 and 2, Packers 13 and 3, Bills 13 and 3, Seahawks 12 and 4, Saints 12 and 4, Steelers 12 and 4, Titans eleven and five, Washington football. Seven and nine. Ron Rivera is not going to apologize for winning, but it's just it, – it is the perfect definition of the NFC East and that Washington, despite the fact that the disparity between the division winning records is so large that it don't matter, man. You got to win your division. That's the easiest route to get in. I just I, – I could not stop laughing at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll go the other way. I kind of like the the playoff structure. I mean you – know, Oh, I do too. I'm totally a fan. Seven of and nine, the Seattle game uh, – Decade ago it was so much fun with that march on Lynch run yes I'm not pining over the days of seven eight and one Carolina <laughs> Brian and the eleven five Arizona Cardinals, but I mean it's just it's fun and you know like who gets to the bears they're eight and eight they are 8 and 8 like, I do not really care you know washington be seven and nine you know with the way that the NFL expanded their playoff scenario, you that was always going to happen where, you know, a 500 team or below 500 team could still get in even after all this. And it's just unfortunate that the Miami Dolphins play
0: in a in – a, a Loaded spot. conference. Yeah. yeah, it's loaded. Like, look, dude, the, the, the Vikings, who everyone thought was going to be in the playoffs, they finished 7-9. and nine, And a lot of us predicted that Washington at 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and nine would be in the wild card mix. They just didn't think the NFC East was going to be as bad as it was. So testament to all the media, guys. We called it pretty much. It just so happened that the NFC East was terrible to pair along and make it a little easier for us to swallow that pill. That that said though, who do you think deserves more credit for what happened to end the season? Washington get did get the win, but Philly did kind of butcher their tank attempt to then leave the door open for Washington to win, but also give them back that chance to lose that game. I'm in the camp of I think that. Washington deserves like slightly more credit just because they made more winning plays of the defense. But I think an argument can be made that Philly did not put the best guys out there. Even Jalen Hurts, when he got pulled, he was on the sideline. They saw him on the game. he said, it's not right. These game pulled, he was playing to win. You saw just Jason Kelsey afterwards saying we play to win the games. doesn't matter about the future and the draft picks, even though the Eagles now had that sixth pick. An argument can be made and I would listen to it. That Philly deserves a little credit for Washington getting that win on Sunday night.
1: Well, they deserve a ton of credit. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation now. Does Washington – Washington can easily still win that game um, if Jalen Hurts isn't there. You know, you look at the, the final stat line, and Jalen Hurts is, isn't that the, – the numbers aren't that impressive. I mean, 34
0: rushing yards. I think he was 7 of 20 uh, in terms of completion. Nailed it. I got it right here. Yeah, 7 of 20, 72 yards a pick, 8 rushes, 34 yards, 2 touchdowns. rushing.
1: Boom. Hey, hey. Hey, I looked at a box score yesterday and I remembered it. Nice. You know, it's just they could still win the game. But, I mean, when you're pretty much flat out tanking, uh, you know, it it definitely increases your chances. That's why, you know, you you see on all the talking shows and and in certain
0: notes apps. (laughs) Yeah, like I I know the argument is being made for that. But even when they tried to – in the biggest gripe I had with the Eagles in the game was that We knew they were tanking. Look at the injury report. Like half of their starters on both sides of the ball were missing the game. Well, I've seen this point made, and I think it's a good one.
1: It's just if you're going to do that, just start Sudfeld from the beginning. Exactly. Don't pull pull
0: Hurts out in a three-point game. Exactly. Exactly. They had a chance to win the football game, but Doug Peterson was truly trying to win, and I have no association to the Eagles. I don't know Doug Peterson. I've never met the man. But all I know is football logic tells you, if you leave a guy in there, you're down by three, and your intention is to win, you stick with that guy. He's kept yeah. you in the game. But I'm fine, just, with,
1: them like, I'm fine with them even tanking. Right? You know, I'm fine with them doing everything. Sure. I think it just sends a bad message to, to everyone else because the players don't want to tank. But Right.
0: I mean, there you go. I mean, it's facts. Like, Washington, a lot of people thought one and five, time to tank, time to go get a quarterback. They kept on winning. They stuck to their guns. They put in Alex Smith, and look at where they are. They're 7-9. and nine, They have the NFC East Division title. So, they're – I, I'm If you're going to tank, you need to tank, but also try and win. And that's a hard balance that I just don't think the Eagles did a good enough job of down the stretch. I mean, reports of Carson Wentz, and look, this is a Washington football and DC sports podcast, but like you cannot ignore how befuddling that was on Sunday night. We mentioned about something feels different with this team. So, I want to start with you on how you would describe it feels different than it has over the last two decades for watching football. I know you've only covered the beat for four years, yeah. but we've been, I've been familiar with it my whole life growing up in Richmond and having friends and all of them just talking about how, how soul crushing these seasons can be from time to time and how that 2012 season was a microcosm based on RG3's just miraculous rookie year and then the injury derailing his potential progress.
1: I I think it just kind of obviously starts with the talent. I mean, they finally have star players who everyone kind of seems to look up to. You know, you look at the past, at least the times I've been here, the best players were Josh Norman, you know, Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they were really good players. And to their credit, they worked really hard but they weren't the type of players that everyone gravitated to, you know. Like with Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins' contract situation, it was kind of hard for them to do that. Yeah, Josh Norman, you know, he's kind of off in his own uh, atmosphere, but kind of in a fun way. You know, it's fun to cover, but it was just, it, you know, they're not going to
0: gravitate towards them like they. Yeah, did Josh cheap. Normas gave us the uh, jumping over the bull story. That was a highlight oh, of
1: training camp in 2019. Covering Josh, and you know, if he was back this year, I wouldn't have had any complaints from a media standpoint. But not at all, because you know, it, it's just the players themselves. I think they gravitate towards Chase Young. I mean, what he's been able to do as a rookie, Terry McLaurin. I mean, even Alex Smith. He, he's he's the calmness, and I think that's another thing that's really surprising is just how calm kind of everyone is. Yeah. There's really no pointing fingers. I mean, we covered some shows in the day, but. You know, every uh, as the joint Haskins stuff was happening on Christmas, which was chaotic, it was like, what is with this team around Christmas time? You know, with DJ Swearinger a few years ago and getting cut after that like rant. But yeah, yeah I was thinking about it, and there's really been no type of rant that like points the finger or just goes off. And you know, I think if he did that, <laughs> he'd have been cut immediately. Kind of, you know, he was. Was, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, I just I think it's small stuff, but it's really kind of striking to me.
0: Yeah, it's the the young guys that feels different to me, and I think this is credit to what Kyle Smith did this year and how he kind of helped Bruce in 2019. Because even though Bruce was in charge of the getting the players, and Dwayne Haskins is always going to now, unfortunately, because he was he was decent to media, he had such a great story. For a while. He just didn't do himself any favors. It's always gonna stick with Bruce a really, really long time. But he did get he did get the Terry pick right. And you look at those young guys now and how they have bought into Ron Rivera. And they're the kind of guys that that Ron loves, that compete, that are honest, that are very low key. They're not going to go out and they're not going to go party. You could argue with me that Cam Newton wasn't one of those guys. Sure. But Cam Newton worked and he was pretty good in his prime and he followed Ron Rivera. I truly think putting these young guys and Kyle Smith recognized that we, I hope he comes back. I personally would love to see him come back and be the GM. I don't know if it's going to happen. That's just my opinion, but getting chase Getting Antonio Gibson, getting Cameron Curl, guys who had to grind to find their spot. You could even make the argument that Cam Sintu's had to grind. Those are the kind of guys that Ron likes, and that's what feels different. This team isn't, and Ron put it this way, and we're going to move on to the topic in just a second. Ron said on Monday, I want players who love playing professional football, not players who love being professional football players. That's a huge difference, and it really does feel like this team is full of guys that have players who love playing football. Alex Smith is a great, great image for those young guys to follow because he, ha- he does not have to be out there. We all know- knew this coming into the year. He could just take his check, get back to walking, be with his kids, be with his family, walk off into the sunset, and there would be no love lost. But he comes out there versus the Rams. He gets the starting nod. Uh, was it the Lions? I already lost track because it's been such a roller coaster year. I think it was the Lions. Was it the Lions?
1: what obviously? this is his
0: first start his first start this year yes yeah
1: it was his first start there
0: yeah yeah so that game he comes out and finishes by the way this this regular season 11 and 3 is the starting quarterback for washington football cannot ignore that despite his leg all these young guys can just follow that and buy into that And that's what to me feels different is these young guys have players who work hard get in there and just do the process correctly in ron rivera's image it's it's essentially what I see it as for this team and why it feels so different, why people are more excited than years past of 2015, 2012, when they made it and they are like, oh, we're going to play. Oh, we got the Packers or, oh, we got the Seahawks got this. It doesn't matter if they lose this game. There's a foundation here. And Washington is ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. It really does feel that way. Uh, so with Ron Rivera now coming into the picture – has he essentially taken over the franchise in your eyes? Because he's made a lot of big decisions this year that you would think would start with the front office, but he's been the guy who's been leading the charge in some of the decisions that have been made. And you see how he's just rallied this whole build, the whole building in the front office. What do, you, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think the, the lingering question is, and so far so good, is just what the owner does or if he makes an imprint there of um, – can't like is he gonna have say over is he gonna pick another joint askings that the coaching staff doesn't want or the, the scouts you know it, it's that stuff I think maybe the most impressive part of the season is, is Rivera has been able has gotten the rope to to make the moves that he wanted to make those are the questions that we asked him when he was first hired a year ago is hey are you actually going to be able to do the stuff you wanted to do and of course we said it politely and we tried to dress it all up but that's really what it was coming down to and you look there's I mean, we don't know everything behind the scenes, but it, it definitely like on the surface it does appear that Ron Rivera wanted to do this 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 and that and you know, look at cutting guys Taskins, trading Dunbar and Williams. There you go. Those are four huge moves that you know, weren't here in years past that you know, Washington didn't make those types of
0: moves under Bruce Allen or rarely did. Mm. And here we are. Exactly it's a testament the man set out to do what he did and we believed him we didn't necessarily think it would come true we believed him and he has done that while battling cancer everyone's talked about it and we're going to be the next podcast that does it but for real it needs to be pointed out this man literally was going getting cancer treatments dealing with all this chaos and still he put together a really great team despite its record in terms of the foundation they have built and I agree wholeheartedly. Ron Rivera has, has taken the reins here. And I am just – I think Dan Snyder is noticing this and just needs to let, let him do him. Again, Ron Rivera has done nothing wrong to shorten that leash. And I think, I think Mr. Snyder understands – Dan, as, as Ron likes to call him, Mr. Snyder uh, – understands that he's got a good head coach. He's building something good. Just, just let him do him. Just let him do him. Sometimes you don't, you don't stop what's good. Don't, don't, don't break something if it ain't broke. Now we move on. Uh, Matthew Paris, The Washington Times here on uh, District of Chip and Friends, DCAF for short. Uh, a new segment we're debuting with you here, Matt, start the new year. Trust or sus? Do you trust the storyline or do you suspect some trouble coming up? I was up? wondering. I mean, I thought the sus
1: was the suspect, but I, w- I was waiting to see where that goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's where it's coming from, uh, even though I'm 29. Um, how, oh God, you, I, I know you've told me. How old are you now? I I'm 27, but I'll turn 28. See, uh, there you or go. Or. We're not too far, right? Yeah, the the the, the among us. Everyone's saying "us," so that's where this Ooh, country is. From. This is this your
1: thirtieth year, or did you? I'm
0: going. Go? Yeah, tw- 2021's gonna be. I'm turned 30 in May. Ooh, what are we doing? i sure. I don't know. Are you in? Like, I'm trying to get something going. Hopefully, we'll be through COVID. Seriously, yeah, I'll yeah. book you. We'll you want to be a part, the part of the 30th birthday party? You in? Yeah, we'll, we'll see
1: where the pandemic is, but yes, I will. Yes, uh, yes. I'll be there. Hell yeah! All
0: right, trust or sus? Alex Smith versus the Bucks.
1: Um, uh, no, I don't trust that. So
0: you sus <laughs> sus Alex yeah. Smith versus the Bucks?
1: Yes. Um, you know, I just the mobility. I just he was he said he was pretty sore after the game. Do I think he's gonna play? Yes, but man, their pass rush, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I don't have the yeah, pretty good. In front of me yeah, it's, it's good. Is, it's good enough. It's good enough. They have players and. They're secondary. They, they just have a really talented defense. You know, they were ranked in top five DVOA, like yeah, those things, yeah. kind of all throughout the year. So, I mean, maybe if, you know, the guy that didn't really have a nothing game and we haven't even talked about him at all is Antonio Gibson. If they can get him going back to the point where he was before that toe injury, then I think they have a better chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was. I'm going to bring it up again. The three touchdown performances, peak Antonio Gibson. We don't need that. We just need him to get over 100 yards. That would be like perfect Mm -hmm. just to help that team out. I'm also obsessed with Alex Smith versus the Bucs, not because of the Bucs defense, but because what I saw against the Eagles. Eagles, I think, have a better uh, pass rush than the Buccaneers, only slightly. And even though Alex Smith was able to have some success, you saw as the game wore on, he struggled because he could not plant that foot, get out of trouble, and all the Eagles' defense had to do was just rush the middle. Because if you rush the middle, he can't go anywhere. He can't go to his right or the left. He needs to throw the football away. And when he did, he wasn't trying to hit anybody. So, yeah, I'm sus of that, too. I hope Alex Smith has a great game, that we're loud wrong. But don't be surprised if Ron Rivera does start thinking about it. Taylor Heineke coming in uh if they're down by at least a touchdown or something like that. All right, next up, uh Washington's defense versus Tom Brady and his weapons. Mike Evans looking good this week. Still not sure if he's going to play, but you got a lot of weapons there, Tampa. What do you think? Uh, trust or sus. I will trust that actually, you know. If an upset's
1: going to happen, it's there, but I you know, we've seen games this year where Tom Brady and uh, has just not had any protection from the Buccaneers O-line. And you know, Tom Brady gets the ball out really fast. Those type of quarterbacks have kind of carved Washington up uh, at certain points of the year. But I think, you know, Washington's defensive front is good enough to where if this upset is going to happen, it, it starts there. And I think they can make life really uncomfortable for him.
0: In all matchups that Chase Young has looked forward to on this schedule, he has had at least one sack. And I'm talking about the Ravens, the Bengals, the Seahawks, he's gotten to those quarterbacks. He circled on his calendar when he came into to Washington, and he said coming off the field, hey, Tom, I'm coming. I want Tom Brady. And even Ron Rivera admitted he cringed, but he also loves that his guy is going out there with that young enthusiasm and optimism. So I'm going to trust this defense as well. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. I think Tom Brady in the fourth quarter is going to go out and prove he's the greatest of all time at quarterback. The Washington defense is going to give him a hard time, and what I think is going to be most important for the rest of the NFC East play or the rest of the NFC playoffs is Washington is going to get after Tom Brady so much that he's going to struggle in that divisional round, and it's going to hurt the Bucks later on. So Washington is planting the seeds for the Bucks' demise just by putting so much pressure on Brady. He's going to be exhausted after they come out of that game. Uh, trust or sus? Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio versus Bruce Arians in the coaching battle.
1: I'll trust that, you know, there hasn't really been a game plan this year that I'm like, what are they doing? Why are they taking this approach? You know, Uh, I think they've been had kind of the right approach and we've seen Rivera get the best of Arians in the past. It it is, I, I just kind of think it comes down to talent and, you know, I just don't know how, like, even if Mike Evans is hurt, they still have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. That's yeah. Ridiculous. And don't
0: forget Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. Yes.
1: I, yes. Uh, we can
0: forget about Leonard Fournette. <laughs> but Ronald Jones, you know. Yeah. A lot, of great, a lot of great players on there. I do wonder. I, tr- I trust that the coaching battle will go Ron Rivera's way. I do worry, and we've mentioned this before, and even Ron has kind of scoffed at us a little bit about it, his uh, use of timeouts. If it's a close game there late, I'll get a little nervous. But I think more often than not, he's, no, he's going to know what he needs to do, especially with Alex Smith. He's going to know if he needs to pull the plug there if they're not putting up points. So that is it for trust or sus. And now we get to recap what has been probably one of the wildest regular seasons in recent memory of Washington football. There have been some pretty wild ones. but This one ended it on a positive note. So we're going to do our top five. We do it every single podcast. We're going to do it here with Matthew Paris of the Washington times, cover the Washington football team beat top five moments from Washington football's regular season. I'll start. Cause I know I didn't send you the rundown. You didn't have any time to prepare for this. I'll go five to one. So are you ready? Yes. Number five, Ron Rivera beating cancer. We knew he was going to do it, but it was always, always great to see him finish. And anybody who conquers cancer is fantastic. Number four, Chase Young's hit on Joe Burrow remains the hardest hit of the year for Washington football in my eyes. And that was the moment I think all of us collectively knew this dude's winning defensive rookie of the year. You might argue, and this is an honorable mention, Chase Young's fourth down stop against the Steelers that prevented them from scoring and going ahead. But I think that hit against Joe Burrow was just, just gave me chills watching that hit. And Joe Burrow, I don't think ever recovered mentally from that hit too. Um, Sadly, with the ACL tear, we hope he comes back in the NFL next year stronger than ever. Number three, Antonio Gibson's three-touchdown, 115-yard game for the Cowboys. It was the perfect Thanksgiving gift for any fan of the Burgundy and Gold. Not only that, I think he was the first running back in Washington football history against the Cowboys to do that on Thanksgiving. Perfect time to do it. Number two, Alex Smith's return versus the Rams was massive for all the reasons that first city took from Aaron Donald, everyone collectively held their breath, praying to whatever God they pray to or entity. I, you know, we, we don't specify in religion or whatever, but we were all praying in some way, shape or form that he was going to get up. And he did. And the picture of Liz Smith too, (sighs) just make it cringe anytime. And then number one, beating the Steelers. It completely turned around the season and changed the narrative that this team was legit and what they were building under Ron Rivera, especially considering it was on primetime and it was the first time we got the white on white, which is now three and O since returning in 2020. So those are my top five moments. Matt, what do you got? Uh, I, I will say
1: of the ones that you didn't mention, I would give strong urge to the word cutoff point. That was <laughs> the, the phrase that Ron Rivera used um, to describe his, his hinting that he was going to bench Dwayne Haskins, and all week long was whether Dwayne Haskins could could do that. Another Haskins moment that isn't related to that exactly, but what's fresh in my mind is there was this charity event before the season, pre-pandemic, when we could all get together. Of Doug Williams saying, you know, Dwayne Haskins is the guy, and the only thing that can happen is if he gives it right back to if he gives the coaching staff a reason. To give it right back to him. Well, oh, my goodness, that's exactly. Like, Doug I've Williams predicted about that. the season back in February. It was incredible. Oh but, my gosh, you know it all kind of ties together, and they're, yeah, they're obviously better off for it. But um, I, I would say, I would agree with you that Pittsburgh was the actual biggest game. I would still put Rivera's cancer battle at number one. You would, okay, because it, it's just. I think it's emblematic uh, of the resiliency that um, Washington has kind of established this year. And, you know, you think of everything that's happened, we haven't even mentioned the name change, the investigation from the NFL. Right. It's just all those details that, you know, we're used to chaos here, but even for chaos, like it's been a, a incredible year in terms of that. It's just, it hasn't stopped and that they've, endured they've, they've survived and they're really resilient and I think Ron Rivera deserves a large large part of the credit for that
0: definitely he when he got hired all of us knew it was an amazing hire for the Washington football team we didn't imagine it would become this tumultuous in his first year and to come out the other side as you mentioned surviving with the division title it really is a testament to him and what he's building in Ashburn hopefully it lasts because Kool Aid tastes nice right now, but it's got to last. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here with Matthew Paris, Washington Times, covering the Washington Football Team beats, uh, going around the DC sports realm. Uh, I mean, the division title is huge for so many reasons for football. But when you think about it, in the four years that you've been covering Washington sports, and the eight years of just covering it either from Richmond or the last year here in DC, I I, I have to say DC sports is in a really good place. It's been Pretty up and down in terms of the emotional spectrum, but look at it, dude. The Capital Stanley Cup Final, winning that in 2018. The Mystics and the Nationals winning their respective titles in 2019 with the Nationals, pulling off the greatest upset comeback with 1931 with a 0.1% chance of winning the World Series to then winning four row games in the World Series. No team had ever done that, and now this with the division title is this the best run we've seen in a while? Like where can the ceiling go right now for DC sports? Because the only other city I can think of that comes close to this is Los Angeles and what they're going through right now with the Lakers and the Dodgers, both winning titles.
1: Well, yes. I mean, LA, I think uh, miles ahead. I mean, you, you have titles. Uh, how, oh, in terms of like the we, number. Yeah. Yeah. How, how far back are we going for this? Are we counting like, are we counting caps 2018 mystics?
0: Yeah. So like I just mentioned all that. So like yeah, this, the, right. the last four years I'm, I want to talk, like, kind of from t- – yeah, let's go last four years. In The last four or five years. This, is, this has been the peak of D.C. sports in the, this millennia, and it's oh, all been right here. Yeah, but yeah, like I can't think of a better time necessarily
1: for this area. I think even, you know, it's hard to do what – I mean, top what Boston had, I think, from 07 to 08 they had.
0: Yeah, that was a huge
1: run. Bruins were great there even. The Celtics. Celtics. Like,
0: The Patriots, obviously, for a really long time. Don't count out the Red Sox. Red Sox always had a winner. Was that the year with, um, I think that was the year with uh, Ortiz, wasn't it? That was around the same time? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they swept the Rockies in 07.
0: Yep. um, Well,
1: what's fun about it is, you know, you hear all this thing about D.C. being a commuter town and Obviously, I'm a commuter. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not from you the. You and me era, both, but, brother. Yeah, but you you see the passion that these fans have, and it does make for a lively sports town. I mean, I think you know, sports radio isn't the indication of how every fan base is, but you know, you listen to it, and they do like the radio hosts are really engaged. I, I think you know the 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 shows are smart. The callers are so uh, animated and you know engaged. It, it really I think that shows kind of the strength of a sports town, and they have it. And it's too bad that COVID has knocked a lot of the, you know, a lot of the fans out because I do miss them. You know, it is—it's nice having better parking for
0: <laughs> the games at Washington games. Wait, can you We're actually not- like pull up to the stadium? Can you pull up straight to FedEx Field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right. my god! Yeah, we. I can more. only get so like I I can't I can't right I can't now. Great lot for for me. Oh my god. There are so so many stories of having to lug all my camera gear from that damn parking lot, 20 minutes up the hill to FedEx field, go through security. It's easier for you. Oh my God. I'm going to miss that. I totally agree with you though. Like the fans has been weird and wait, you were there for when they piped in fake crowd noise. What was that like? Yeah.
1: It's been, it's kind of interesting how every different stadium does it. it. It was I think the most jarring place that what, uh, happened was in uh, Nats Park. You know, every routine fly ball feels like a home run. You know, <laughs> you're, so high, you're so far up in the, in the the press box as well. So you're kind of seeing, and, like, the noise is just – they never really forget about their football. It's not really really uh, noticeable. And then with um, with basketball, it's – It was really jarring in the preseason because the music wasn't as loud, so you could really hear everything. But uh, sadly, they have um, kind of adjusted the volume level to where it's harder to hear the players now
0: back there. That or I went deaf in like two days. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope not. Uh, All right, we'll wrap it up here with this. A quick shout-out to the Wizards because Sunday night when Washington did win the division title, the Wizards got a big win over the Nets, 123-122. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving missed their final two shots. Bradley Beal found Thomas Bryant. They're two and five. Uh, good, bad, and the ugly. I know you covered the Wizards a little bit here. Do you have any good, bad, and uglies for the Wizards?
1: Um, Good, Thomas Bryant. He's been really impressive. Um, bad is their general spacing. I think they're still kind of learning how to play with Russell Westbrook, even though I think he's been fine. And then ugly is their bench. Uh, I think Troy Brown. Um, you know kind of disappointing though the season that he said
0: yeah i I agree with those and actually want to add them to my good, bad, and ugly So the Wizards. Good is Russell Westbrook finally figured out against the Nets. He's going to be better posting up point guards than he is going to be driving out from the perimeter, eating up space for Bradley Beal. I thought that really opened things up for the offense. Uh, the bad is Denny Advia, who's been better than most expected, is not getting as many crunch time minutes as I would like for him to get so he can grow in that team. Uh, they can't hold fourth quarter leads. That's my bad. My uglies at 0-5 start. I was really bad really 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 bad like so bad I I felt so bad for Justin Tucker like I felt so bad for him when they finished that game uh against T-Wolves I think it was not the most recent game he's just like what happened I don't know what just happened that was bad I was right there with him man uh why are we gonna play golf again man it, it's been too long you gotta you gotta come see me up here in Northern Virginia I got a good golf course around here I'll, I'll take you 18.
1: No right. yeah anytime
0: Sounds good. We'll make it happen. Whenever the season ends, hopefully not here against the Bucks. It could happen, but hopefully we get a little further. Uh, we'll set a tea time. You and me, brother. We'll go hit up 18.
1: Great.
0: All right. He's Matthew Paris, The Washington Times, covering the Washington football team beat. Appreciate him taking time with us here on DCAF. Stay safe and uh, enjoy the postseason, brother. Massive thank you to Matthew Parrish of the Washington Times for joining the pot. For those wondering what my glass half full of spirits was, Mount Defiance Old Volstead's Single Barrel Whiskey out of Middleburg, Virginia smooth, and vanilla finish. Mighty tasty. Enjoy responsibly. Again, thanks for listening. If you are enjoying our content, consider subscribing wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so you can be notified as soon as a new episode drops. Also, a rating and a comment on how we're doing is equally appreciated. I'm Chip Riere. This is the DCAF Pod. Until next time, cheers. Next round's on me.